We're doing this? Mm-hmm. Oh, so much. <laughs> oh, my God. You have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea how much we're doing this. junkie because heroin is so passe. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, it's the fabulous Nathan Harrison. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. The outrageous Adam Buncher. I am outrageous. And the- That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. Guys, I want to hear my compliment. <laughs> and, the, the, and the punctual... Oh, well. I was also the last person here as well, so... <laughs> that punctual. The punctual we Andrew We were rudely McDonald. early. <laughs> I was outrageously early. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't refer you was the late Andrew McDonald. <laughs> no, no, this true. isn't a posthumous release. Well, who knows by the time it comes out. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. <laughs> How grim would that be? <laughs> well, so at least, spooky. At least we can have a laugh about it. You guys can. <laughs> We're going to podcast twice as hard for Andrew then. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it for him. Let's, uh, for let's, Andrew. Uh, it's weird. We're talking about 1997, but we're also talking about one of the hottest stars of 2017. And a band that just toured here, so, you know, double double your pleasure, double your fun. It's the same guy, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. true, it's true. Not many people know that. Without the makeup, he looks really different. This is Pennywise. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was looking at the list, it's like, who's touring? <laughs> we will explain this after the song. We will, if you're Nathan, still not with us... We will explain lucky, it after the song. Lucky my compliment wasn't like on it or <laughs> astute or anything. <laughs> Let me put this in terms that people can understand. Nathan used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what he's with isn't it. And what's it seems weird and scary to him. It seems weird and scary to a lot of people. This is very true. <laughs> All right, let's climb into the gutter. This is Pennywise with Society at number 90. Got it. 
Pennywise at number 90 in the 1997 Hottest 100 from their album Full Circle. That song is called Society. And uh, we're going to be talking to a member of society right now. Outrageous member. The uh, the most outrageous <laughs> member of society. Mm. One I don't know about the most. But yeah. yeah, I'd say top uh, 10. 97th percentile. Have you? <laughs> That's all right. Pretty outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Statistically significant. <laughs> the statistically outrageous. Statistically significant sounds like a band Pennywise would have played with back yeah, in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, never made it as big as this. Yeah, band. yeah. You, they would have been on at like eight thirty or something yeah, like they that. They were just know? like one standard deviation away from success. <laughs> so, no one to be the guy to you know explain away what is for many people an obvious uh, reference. But yeah, Pennywise is the name of the clown from it. That's what we were talking about before. Yes. Mm. Just, just you know, in case anyone wasn't caught up. Yeah, no, that's in case bad. anyone. Yeah, um, so in that's case why anyone wasn't picking up what we, what were, we were putting, putting down, down, kick flipping up what we were putting down. Yeah, I, actually, actually well, before you discuss, <laughs> before the, we talk about anything relevant <laughs> to this podcast. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I think we should do a do a quick check to to see if you're qualified to be talking about Pennywise. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever worn any dickies? Um, I'm, I'm gonna say no. Because okay. I think it's safer that way. Because I'm not <laughs> precisely sure where the Dickie is. And Dickies is a clothing label. It's like a skate label. Okay, good. Well, that's my. I failed that miserably. Vans? I failed that outrageously. Strike one. Any Vans? Yeah, I own a pair of um, uh, Jazz Stripe old schools. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Have you? But they're not. They're not. They're just, they're like I'm gonna. I'm gonna knock myself down there. Have that's like have... a pretty standard <laughs> shoe now. Really, like it's not really in the skate scene. Oh well. well I mean, it that, is, that, but that, it's... yeah, it started as a skate thing. Yeah, but you know, everyone and their dog owns a pair of Vans now. Kickflip. Have you ever been on a skateboard? So many, so many hours spent on a skateboard. How many kick, kickflips do you think you've done? Oh, just at least you know, like if you hold down X long enough, and you, you can get <laughs> like three off just off the ground. That's very so true. Yeah. I couldn't possibly count them all up. If you had to, though, if you uh, had to put a number on it, uh, and you do, twenty-seven thousand three hundred and twelve. That is a phenomenal number. Yeah, that's just successfully landed ones too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd hope so. We're not counting. Yeah. Well, the green light has gone up. You are officially allowed to talk about Pennywise. Well, after 27,000 kickflips, <laughs> I, I, would, I would hope so. They get you minimal points, though. If, yeah. you keep, if you keep spamming them, the points just keep going down. I don't want to be the guy to explain away another cultural reference, but we're talking about Tony Hawk's <laughs> Pro Skater. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing about Pennywise and why this was really interesting for me to come to. Everyone I knew, it seemed, when I was in primary school and high school, really loved Pennywise. I feel like every single object and wall was at some point defaced with the Pennywise logo. Oh my god. god. Yeah. It was big, like seriously. It was the wall. equivalent of the S. Yeah. That <laughs> wow. That, you know the one but just like Fenara. <laughs> yeah, well, and the and the general South Coast, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah. just Everyone was like, and everyone, every time music was mentioned, the people were just like, yeah, Pennywise. And it was just like, Pennywise, Pennywise. So much, it, like, everyone was into Pennywise. This is true. And I was a real late starter when it came to music, and I wasn't really into music in, in primary school or even the early parts of high school, aside from Will Smith and <laughs> nah, nah, Will nah, Smith. Nah, nah, nah. It was pretty much just Will Smith, actually. Noted skate punk artist Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of the people who like Pennywise I was friends with, some of them I really wasn't. The school bully, probably the biggest Pennywise fan of all. So um, Same at my school too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I never ended up listening to Pennywise, but now I finally listened to a Pennywise song. So this is actually kind of a big deal. Wait, wait, so is this your first... This is the f- 
Whoa! Fucking twenty years. I just years assumed that even like with all that story, you would have no, like, no, because it's I, they would. It they kind always, of sounds like yeah. Pennywise for you growing up was like culture for anywhere else in the world. Like that, there's you know. <laughs> It's it surrounds society and you're part of it as a living person. No, I was completely but, on the outside of yeah, it. Okay. Yep. I knew heaps about Star Wars, nothing about Pennywise. All right. Now, do you feel mm. like you have you you could reach out to your bully? I actually I really think and, I could. I really yeah. Okay. Heal. It made Heal a bit. 100 percent Maybe if I'd l- bothered to listen to Pennywise at that time, I'd be like, mate, I don't think that's true what you said about my family, but <laughs> society, pretty good song. So can we just focus on that? <laughs> It made me think that maybe the, the, the this is kind of like the strategy that everyone should have in the world if you have a difference with another person. Just, yeah, just go like, ah, oh, that was really problematic what you just said. What's your favourite band? And then just wait and then just see if you have any common ground at all because then you have somewhere to go from. Mm. Like, maybe all we need is just like Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un, get him onto Migos. Get both, of them oh, really, yeah. get both of them really in Amigos. Someone needs to tee this up. They can do it over Twitter. <laughs> yes. Right? And then, then they'll stop whatever that's going on right there and they'll just be like, you know, like, sad, but also <laughs> bad, bad and bougie. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't have a lot of old money. Yeah. There's losers with no class. <laughs> we, we got a lot of new money, though. Is that your truth? That's a spot on Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly how he sounds. Yeah. Um, so I, I, so I guess I, I like it. I really, I really dig it. Like I, I think the energy behind it is really good. Like the the sing along society hook is awesome. I kind of want a bit more voices in there, but I suppose like gang vocals hadn't really been invented yet. They, the idea of more than oh, two they absolutely th- had. Really? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I mean, I suppose, I suppose they were quiet. <laughs> they were the first gang box. <laughs> <laughs> like all these, all these like castrati kids doing <laughs> gun hands in the church. Everyone open to page fourteen. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um. So yeah, and like uh, the, the the rhythm section, I think in particular in this song needs a bit of a shout out. Sounds yeah. Awesome. Is it that the double time bit where it kicks in? Oh yes. Like properly. Yeah. That is just so good. That D beat. Yeah. 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 Also, the bass is just the behemoth in this. Absolutely. I just think this. It's interesting that Pennywise were around uh, in the late eighties and were kind of just kicking, kick flipping, um, around um, <laughs> until this the time where like the world was really had a taste for this kind of music, and I think. For that reason, like they come across as more on the punky side of of pop punk, as as opposed to like some of the other bands that were that popularized the genre at the time, such mm. as like Green Day yeah. or uh, Offspring or some of the numerous other acts that we kind of talked about. I feel like there would have been a lot of pressure for bands like Pennywise to try and like to clean up their sound a little to cash in on that Green Day. Yeah, there hundred percent was. Uh, Fat Mike talks about it in the NoFX autobio. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The labels were pushy. Like, look, if you do this, have a better chorus. You can be the next Green Day kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. But this, particularly, just in terms of the quality of the sound, it's just like they're not going for that in no, the slightest. It stands out. But they've it's it's weird though because they've still managed to like by holding their ground, just go like, no, no, it's catchy enough. Like you don't need to do a big sing along chorus when you've just got that one droning hook and like. The, the the actual chorus itself is really rooted in like traditional punk melodies, especially the way yeah. that they harmonize or whatever. Mm. Like, and like that, there's a there's a huge amount of satisfaction in hearing that done so well. Um, so yeah, 
dudes in primary school. Sorry, I'm really, <laughs> really late to the party. Pennywise were like massive in Australia for like they this really album. Were. They still are. Yeah, like, yeah. One of their biggest audiences. They covered yeah. um, Men at Works Down Under. As like a, yes, they did. Here you go, Australians. As an Australian-only bonus track, which they were notorious for doing. They yeah, yeah. always gave... Band at my high school did a cover of that cover. Great. Classic high school. Classic right? high school. <laughs> doing covers of covers, yeah. yeah, yeah. The best. And then you find doing out... Doing covers by bands you like of songs by bands you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I was never super into Pennywise. Like, I, I listened to the... I remember listening to this album and, like, the ones around it. I, I never was super into them. And listening to this, I was like, this is a good song. I, I don't love the kind of slower bits because I just don't think there's enough going in there. But it is important mm. to have that because then when the song really kicks in. What about the wind down? Like the, the one that winds all the way down and then kicks in. I, I go for that. Yeah, that's all right. I go for yeah. the kick back in. Yeah, yeah go yeah. for yeah. Yeah, well, that's what it's, yeah. You only wind down to kick back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. True. You'd be a fool to just wind down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but yeah, they're quite, they've always kind of been on the on the periphery of my nineties punk love, and like because like obviously they like all of California's punk scene in the mid nineties was huge. Like that's where like the the successful tastemaker names like your Offspring, Green Day, Blink, yeah. but then like the more legacy bands, No Effects, Rancid, Bad Religion, yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, this was mixed by Brett. Gerowitz from Bad Religion and yeah. like it's, God he's a good mixer he knows how to fucking record a punk band so well because every element of this sounds oh, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. as good as it should because yeah. everyone in this band only does one thing so you got one singer one guitar player one drummer one bass player so everything like has its place it's, and they do it so well yeah 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 it's a really really sharp dynamic unlike yeah. so many other punk acts at the time that just had the one man band outfits going on like yeah. the drums, <laughs> drums on the back or the choir the you know who's always one extreme or the other yeah exactly Coral punk. You're such a fucking smart. Ass. It's like I bet that's a thing, and I bet it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is obviously very good. But obviously, it sucks for to just be like making this kind of blanket statement. But it's not as good as No Effects or Rancid or Bad Religion, and that's the sound that I like. And they're obviously in that realm, but it's not as good as those guys. Okay, to me, yeah. there, there are a couple of like core songs that I'll always fucking love and I'll always go for. So, on the note of. Like people from our from school, like being really into Pennywise, um, we had a thing at uh, in our music class for one of our first early music classes, where everyone got to bring in their favorite song and got to play it to the class. And my friend Josh brought in "Bro Him" by Pennywise. I remember hearing that and being like, "Oh shit, this is a whole thing." And you know, when you're like 13 or 14, you're hearing that stuff for the first time. You're like, "Oh right, okay." So people were doing this before Friends or Rom, okay. And and you say they're around at the exact same time as Green Day? Well, I only know two punk bands. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> You're in. What You're you, in. What song did you bring into that class? All Apologies by Nirvana. Nice. Wow. Wow. In music in year seven, when, when we had a similar class where everyone got to bring in a song, I wasn't really into music yet. So I had to look up because I was like, is this by this person? I brought in Unleash the Dragon by Cisco. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's very good. That now I a- do a music podcast. <laughs> I love that fucking song. <laughs> that is not a Cisco song that I'm actually familiar with. No, it's, it's, not it's not the thong song. It's not the thong song. It's not the thong song. Or the hook from Will Smith's Wild Wild West. <laughs> so this is a more or less universal love to varying degrees. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's a thumbs a, up. I think it's a fun It slaps, track. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Skate punk is a sometimes food, but you that's know. a good that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I'll hurl on my dickies and I'll mosh around with turn, your dad. Turn gravity off and just yeah. grind forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, perfect all, balance. Always special. Max stats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah playing, with, playing as the eyeball guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> 
forgot about the eyeball guy. <laughs> Dandy's rule, okay? At number 89, it's the Dandy Warhols making their debut in the Hottest 100. This song is called Not If You Were the Last Junkie on Earth. That was the Dandy Warhols coming in at number 89 in the 1997 Hottest 100. That was a song called Not If You Were The Last Junkie On Earth. Now, we've talked a little bit, because when we talked about Tupac, we talked a little bit about rap beefs. Mm. On a very smaller and much pettier scale, uh, indie rock beefs. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've gone past some yeah. of that Sun Kill Moon War on Drugs. Oh, any day. yeah, baby. Mwah. So before that one, there was the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre, as documented in the classic Dig! Exclamation mark documentary that came out back in, I want to say, about 2004. Nobody got killed, but there was a lot of drugs Whoa. and some broken sitars. And an old mate sent old mate uh, some shotgun shells in the mail. Yeah. Whoa. So that's that's fairly threatening. You also, just like a beautifully abstract like. way of shooting someone. If you're just like, well, the shells need to get from me to you. And that's how shooting works. So. <laughs> it's a, it's I don't a- have a gun, but I do have the American Postal Service. <laughs> God Actually, bless it. that is an aspect of this story that I didn't bother to check over. <laughs> America? <laughs> Why are you mailing bullets Why around? Why are you allowing that? Why are you uh, what are you doing this shit for? I think the the level at which things are allowed re-guns in America. <laughs> I think mailing bullets is like that's, that's fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's in the clear. That's 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 not the first problem to solve yeah, on yeah. that whiteboard. So, uh, Mr. Anton Newcomb. That was uh, one of the old mates I was referring to. Yes. Um, and he was the he was the mailer. The mailer. Yeah, the, yes. yeah. the mailer was uh Courtney, Courtney Taylor Taylor. Taylor. The name he is was so nice, just Courtney Taylor at the time. Well, hang on, he added an extra Taylor? Yes. Where did he get the second Taylor from? Just saw it lying around. It's just when you no hit 30, you get to add an extra <laughs> name. You double up. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, are you just going to gonna do the same and just do uh, the same? Add a bunch of Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. That's it. That's pretty outrageous. <laughs> Very on brand for this outrageous character. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> In 1997, uh, the Brian Jonestown Massacre, as fronted by one Anton Newcomb and the sole remaining original member of that group, put out an album called Give It Back! Exclamation point. A lot of exclamation marks in this story. Mm. On that album is a song called Not If You Were The Last Dandy On Earth. Uh, in the same year, Dandy Warhols put out this record, which is called dot 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 the Dandy Warhols Come Down. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so that same year was uh, Not If You Were The Last Junkie On Earth. This predated the dandy one. 
Yes. Yeah, that, the Danny one was a response. Yeah, yeah. We, we should wind back and tell the story chronologically somewhat. Like, there was a beef between these two bands, and that's what this song is about. Anton thought that the Dandies had sold out because yeah. they'd gone to a major label and all that kind of shit. When realistically, you could just say that they were a little bit more successful and popular. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of wrote the better kind of songs music. and yeah. shit, and they weren't like always beating the shit out of each other on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Which what is that does. like the only reason people go to Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. No one's going, oh yeah, I hope they play this song. I hope they play this song. <laughs> They're just like, I hope the bass player gets his clock cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, even they, so this song was dedicated to the Brian Jonestown massacre, but Courtney Tay Tay did say that he wrote it about an ex girlfriend. Yeah, who had like as well. Uh, yeah, things can be about two things. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, sure. yeah. it's uh, a subtweet. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, they're real fucking mean to each other. So that yeah. So the, this band um, recorded and released this song, and it was part of the sledging that was going on between the Brian Jonestown yeah. massacre and the Dandy Warhols at the time. And then the Dandy, and then the Brian Jonestown massacre released. Not if you're the last dandy on earth. Which yeah. Is, which is a direct response to this song. And that's not a subtweet. That's very much tagging you in the tweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. I think Dandy's got the last laugh considering this is now one of their best known and be- most beloved songs. Yeah. You know, like this was one of their first like breakthrough proper hits. I fucking love this song. Like I love the jangle. I love that velvet underground like major chord mm. kind of twang. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. You nailed it. I was like, oh, it's right. Total. Me of- total yeah. yeah. Good. It's got it's that so like, bright. It sets up a really good texture that then they use these like small elements to articulate over the top with like the synths and the and those yeah little, yeah little yeah. Kind Zia, of lines. Zia is like a, a really crucially good. underrated member of the group in my humble opinion. Like oh. she adds a lot. Also, yeah, insanely catchy chorus and that that little effect on the the, the reverse and the it's reverse. It's so good. Snap. How had no one done that before? <laughs> or like at least used it to this level of efficiency. Yeah. And it's so beautifully like just iconic for this song. Like, you yeah, hear that it? sound, yeah. and you're like, I am so keen for this song. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, once it's on, like, that, it's on, yeah. you know? I have a pretty decent relationship with, with Danny Warhols overall. Like, uh, they are notoriously hit and miss live. Sometimes even in the same set, and sometimes their albums are like that as well. There'll be, like, three really good songs, one really shit song, t- one okay song, two really good songs, two really <laughs> shit songs. It's so hard to like a band They're that way. so inconsistent, yeah. Yeah. but when they are on, you're just like, it begives everything else. Yeah. I find them a really interesting and really fun band. Um, what's the vibe on the dandies in this room? Like, is it is it is it kind of in that between two worlds kind of thing that I'm at? Or are you guys a bit more set in your ways? Or just like, yeah. I like Don't Love. Like, this record, yeah. I think, is very, very good. This is certainly the album of theirs I go to the most, partly because, like, I... I I'm head over heels for this song. Mm. I think this is just an absolute masterpiece. This is your favourite Dandy song? Hands down. No, like, yeah. without question. I, I, this, to me, has not in the same level that I'm going to... Like, that I rapturously talked about my love of, like, pulp common people. But, like, this I see in a similar wheelhouse of just being, like, an encapsulation of a mood and a sound so, so singular that I don't care about anything else to a certain degree. Turning something as, like, tragic and life-ruining as, like, heroin addiction into, like... A fashion yeah. accessory is absolutely hilarious, but also I think it speaks to something true about the way, particularly in the 90s, but even now, we view alternative culture. Like that line, you never thought you'd get addicted, just be cooler in an obvious way. Is that the key lyric for that kind of thing? Like, yeah. there's this implication that, like, if you do want to be an alternative cool person, like, you do, like, having a drug addiction is a cool thing to have if you're, like, in a cool music scene. Like, it's cool to be yeah, a, yeah. dependent on drugs or alcohol. But yeah, the, like, the music of this song is just fantastic. The reverse sounding drums, like the playful keyboard, a bit of shoegaze shimmering on a guitar work. Yeah. Like, no, this, yeah. this is a spectacular piece of pop songwriting. Yeah. 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 It's just great. I'm not 
into the Dandy Warhols, like I know a yeah. bunch of the songs and right. I love this song. And that's like, that's, that's it. And that's like, honestly, that's enough. And the more people talk about their inconsistencies of the band, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I've made I've made an you're okay not decision even for like me. Your greatest hits kind of go. Uh, not even. I mean, like I'm not averse to checking that out at some point. I've just never like. This isn't even their it. most famous song. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Like I know a bunch of their songs, yeah. this, but this is my like favorite. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this is great. Yeah, yeah. Like I love this song. Yeah. Fair call. It's great. Yeah. It's not pretty much. This was a new listen for me. I think in terms of like a dedicated listen, I've probably been places where this has been on and been in the presence of this song before. But this is the first time I've sat down and actually listened to it. Mm. And yeah, it's a sick song. It's really cool. Like, it's not, like, hypocritical because I know, like, Courtney has had troubles with drugs and alcohol. Um, but, like, the like the retort to the idea of, um, oh, you, you have to do drugs to be cool or anything like that or, like, to real, to be, like, a yep. capital S sad artist that mm. um, if you think that I don't know about depression and emotional pain, you're insane or you're a fool who hasn't paid attention to a word that I say. Like, it's just like, look, yep. just because I'm not a fucking junkie doesn't mean I don't, I don't understand unhappiness, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just, this song is so fucking clever. I think it's, uh, I love it so, so, so much. I like you've dug into the lyrics there because I think like it's, it's really easy to just get caught up in the fun melody. Yeah. And just like the fun rhyming scheme. Even, yeah. And, and, and the funness of saying, um, yeah. never thought you'd be a because heroin's so passe. So passe. It's heaps funny. Line. It's yeah. really like, fun. Yeah. It is super fun. And I think like for that reason, it's classic early school triple J Mm, classic as yeah, well yeah. like it's cynical it talks about drugs which we know from 96 yeah. yeah. which we know Nathan loves yeah. <laughs> that's a tick from him I'm clean now I'm a boxer yeah. <laughs> boxers are famously not clean <laughs> <laughs> famously steroid using guys <laughs> Mayweather Harrison comes in 2018 <laughs> at number 88 this is a band that went out of their way to call themselves Beaver Loop. <laughs> the song's called Nothing. If you can see it, then it will happen. If you believe it, then it is true. Loving is easy. It's easy peasy. If you can think of number two. Beaver Loop, 88, nothing, 1997, Hottest 100, Nathan Harrison. So it turns out that not everyone can be a regurgitator. Yeah, um, It's actually nah. quite difficult yeah, nah, hey. to be an interesting sort of rap rock funk band. Or just a band that knows how to write a song. Yeah, yeah, it turns out it's, it's not so easy to... Be good. Yeah, this yeah. is just terrible. Um, Holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, it's part of, like, the point that it's terrible, like, that... The intro shitty. It doesn't matter if you're pretending to suck. Yeah. And you make shitty music. Yeah. It's just really bad. Because after that intro, when the intro is going on, you're like, this song is fucking awful. And when the song starts, you're like, all oh, right, thank God that's over and done with. And then you realize the song's awful. <laughs> yeah. It was a warning. Yeah. <laughs> it somehow manages to get worse. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a warning Armstrong to close the tab. <laughs> I mean, I watched this with the clip um, oh. for the first the time. Cli- the clip's important to realize how bad the song really is. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge 
but I looked at the members of the band and even before anything happened, I went, I think we could be in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and then it started and I immediately thought, oh, I didn't realise Australia had a 311. And <laughs> Whoa. Look, I'm happy to shit yeah, on 311, here. but whoa, that's Over here it's 11-3. <laughs> <laughs> this is like another argument. Rage Against the Machine wasn't worth it. <laughs> the, their hits didn't make up for what they influenced. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't like Kurt don't, didn't die for this, goddammit. Don't place it on Rage. <laughs> don't, don't. It's not their fault. The instrumentation of this song sucks, but it wouldn't be half as crappy if the vocals weren't so fucking annoying either. <laughs> like, <laughs> this sounds like the kind of music that somebody who would walk past a food court and like put the tray of food <laughs> out of your hands and be like, nice one, nerd, would listen to. Yeah, this right. That, this is that guy's soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, noogie. <laughs> Holy, holy fuck. It's yeah, you could give noogies in 97, I think. I think it was still, oh. it was still something that happened. It was still... Jesus. Noogies Christ. were prevalent. Yeah. yeah. But this is this is a bad song. Right? It's, it's very, very... very oh. it's, it's very bad. Like it's very, it, very bad. It's, it's up there as one of the worst songs we've ever covered. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They've well, broken up, the, haven't they? They broke up, but they kind of reformed and played a gig a couple of years ago, and they're yeah, still good. kind of around-ish. So, they were the established... Kids were crying out for it. Well, you know, it's and we do have to cover this. Like they were really beloved in the Perth scene. For fuck's sake, they were they were they were local oh. heroes. They were. This is Pex- what happens when gem- a city is yeah. so far away from other people. I was like, Pex it when. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for every fucking Jebediah and Eskimo and little Joe. birdie. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Tame Impala, you Sleepy have Jackson. Yeah, but you, you got to be yeah. <laughs> So they started Also, off- Effigy, we talked about. Oh, uh, shit. They right. were from Perth. That's too. right. The Perth scene at this time, especially in this year, just massive. It was big. Yeah. And yeah. getting like a lot of Perth bands are getting a lot of J play at this time. I don't know whether it was like affirmative action. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like Probably. for Perth. Well they knew. They knew that if, if they if they worked hard enough at this, they would get, you know, the Jebediah and everything. So yeah. um I think this is this is worth saying because this is very funny to me. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Like we all like to write our own stories, right, guys? <laughs> and I certainly reckon Beaver Loop have written their own story on their last FM page where they say, Beaver Loop were a band of extremes. People either loved them or hated them and often did both in the space of a single gig. They played everything from empty rooms to 30,000 punter field festivals. Their videos were banned but also won competitions. They were funny but had serious messages in their music. Over the next few months, these jams formed into songs and got shorter until they eventually melded into a weird hybrid of punk, rap, metal, reggae and rock. Within months, the boys decided it was time to do a gig, brackets, although they had no lyrics to their songs. Yeah. And things got started by tell. gate-crashing a fundraiser at a Connections nightclub. What? Oh, these crazy great. kids. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Can you just imagine? It's like for an orphanage yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And in comes Beaver Loop and like well, knocks yeah, trays yeah, up, yeah, gives yeah, noogies yeah. to all the orphans. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't up. want to be adopted anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, like, that would rips be... Rips up the giant check yeah. while doing the Louis Armstrong impression. <laughs> <laughs> no money for you. <laughs> They were a band of extremes. But, you know, like, they did have a following in the Perth scene at that time, particularly in the skate scene, as you can imagine, that was a, that was a bit of a thing as well. Oh, oh well. yeah. It's just, like, it's just sad that there aren't enough services for at-risk kids to, like, <laughs> help them, like, prevent them from becoming Beaver Loop fans. Yeah. 
like, you and only them, you can prevent, prevent Beaver Loops. Prevent them from becoming Beaver Loops themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, it's just sad that the education system and social services have failed these three young men I think, so much. Yeah. <laughs> the city of Perth and indeed Triple J has failed these young men by encouraging them to be cu- to live a life of crime. Mm. And if any listener is saying that we are ourselves complicit in uh, the Beaver Loop agenda uh, by bringing them... You know, to the attention of, of people once again, yeah. and not remaining to stay buried. Well, this is why we are having the, this, this disclaimer, and this is why we are launching a yeah. new foundation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no more Beaver Loops, where we will close the Beaver Loop. Yeah, yeah close, close the, the Beaver, Beaver Loop, loop. This to may help be- kids that are at risk of becoming Beaver Loop. Uh, yeah, so we, we can bring it across now safely in the context of critical discourse in podcast. It is the peak of critical discourse <laughs> culture, the podcast medium. <laughs> but this is a safe place that you can actually we can actually look at Beaver Loop, yeah. deal with the problem that is Beaver Loop. The only good thing I can take from this is knowing that I will never listen to this song again in my entire life. <laughs> the Beaver Loop has been closed. It has been closed, <laughs> yeah. That is, that's right. The timeline has been restored. Yeah. This could end up becoming a bigger issue for us than the Nepalese election. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that very much. <laughs> I like that the 97 countdown, 2017, the year that we, we finally start giving back to the community as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It can't all Both be Both in take. terms of international politics and <laughs> helping kids. And local politics. Yeah, yeah local politics. Yeah. Tackling. Uh, Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands is a music podcast tackling yeah. local and international issues. Yeah. Yeah. Nepalese <laughs> politics in the sheets, helping kids on the streets. <laughs> think, think global, Nepal. Act local. Fuck it up, Beaver Loop. <laughs> I think we've done good here today. <laughs> yeah, good did good did we just start a revolution? <laughs> yep. Pimpin' ain't easy. At number 87, it is The Sneaker Pimps. This song is called Six Underground. Six Underground coming in at number 87 in the 1997 Hottest 100. Mr. Andrew McDonald, yes, you, you've, you've worn sneakers in your time? I have, yeah. Have you had any dealings with pimps? I've had dealings with Pims, the beverage. There you go. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, like I've, I've mentioned before, but like I really love going through the 90s and finding out trip hop bands that aren't Portishead or Massive Attack because it solidifies that it was actually like a proper genre and like, I guess, cultural movement particularly, I guess, in the UK, um, mm. more than just, like, a blip. But, um, like, for every revelation and pleasure that comes with those revelations, uh, it's an argument that, like, for me, there's a reason that those two are the bands that I know, that everybody knows from that. Like, this is a fine song. Like, it sounds cool as hell. Like, the beat's thick. Her voice works really well. 
I feel like Trip Hop sounds black and blue. It has that kind of dark, late night feeling to it yeah, all. A bit and like it, hazy, smoky yeah, kind very, of. Yeah, very, very, exactly. And this does that really well. It channels it all f- perfectly and it works as a piece of music, but like it's not Portishead or Massive Attack good. There, I'm sure that people who are like into Trip Hop seriously will be like, no, no, they're actually really underrated band. They do these things that are different, blah, blah, blah. And that's all true, I'm sure, in the same way that like I have like stupid niche knowledge of like look I say overlooked bands from like post-punk and shoegaze music but to everybody else would be like there's a reason that they're overlooked but like not someone who's like seriously invested in the genre so there's people who love trip hop probably go nuts for Six Underground and the rest mm. of the Sneaker Pimps songs all mm. pimping of them um, mm. but this is like yeah to me this is good this is good I liked it fine but like it's still just if this was in the middle of like the first Portishead record I'd be like that's the weakest track on the Portishead record <laughs> like yeah, well, I think I just wouldn't make this song. Like, I, yeah, I, just, I, yeah. I really think it's different. It's quite pop for That's trip it. hop. Like, trip hop feels very deep. Like, it's something you sink into. It, and I don't think this song's asking you to sink into it. Yeah, right. At least not in the same way. Like, it feels brighter and a bit yeah, like. That's right. Yeah, it's a really good song. I think it's like a, it's a really lovely pop trip hop song. And it was like hugely successful. It was the theme song for some TV show. This song couldn't have been made in 94, really. It needed to be made in this year, pretty much. Like the yeah. time where trip hop's been around long enough yeah. that we understand what it is and it's not so alternative and threatening that we can turn it into a pop song. We can co-opt it and make it palatable for the mainstream, which I think what, what this song kind of does. But I still think it keeps enough authentic trip hop sensibilities that the pop doesn't kind of overcome it, even though it is very poppy and quite clean. Was this song popular? Like, was it a, like, obviously, you know, it did okay in the Hottest 100, yeah, but like... I think it was very popular. They're one of those bands that, like, I know the name, obviously, <coughs> but, it, like, I couldn't name, like, a, like a massive hit of theirs. I only know this band because of this song and from other people... Being yeah, like this right, song. right, right. Like, I know Sneaker Pimps in the context of Six Underground. Okay. You knew yeah. this song, man. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Weirdly, after this album that did quite well, I think there was another single that did fairly well or whatever, um, yeah. they got rid of Kelly Dayton, the vocalist. Right. Because they were like, we want to write music with dudes singing. It's like, all right, cool, guys. And <laughs> guess, guess which follow-up album did not do particularly yeah. well. Well, her voice is really wonderful. I think she actually straddles that pop, trip-hop vibe really well. Super well. That's a difficult thing to do because mm, yeah. you could so easily... I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what her background is, you know what I mean? Like, whether she needed to step up the pop or whether needed, she needed to step up the trip-hop um, in terms of what she was normally doing. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, like, mm. she managed to balance it, in like, really well. I kind of don't want the acoustic guitar in there. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair that's point. A, that's, a, that's a thing in there I don't really need. Maybe it's just because I want it to be a bit more industrial and a bit more mechanical because that's kind of what I associate with yeah. trip hop or enjoy from trip hop. So, like, that kind of drags me out a little bit. But, I, you know, I actually think I like this song more than most of you guys. I, I, I quite don't mind it. It's just it's just kind of there. Yeah, I see, like, I see. I think I do quite like it. Like, I like it quite a lot. Okay. I suspect. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I, like, it's it's just like, yeah, it's like light trip hop, I think. Uh, Liam Howe, who is one half of the Sneaker Pimps, uh, went on to do, you know, we, we, we always like to do this, is just like, where are they now? And, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, he's worked with Marina and the Diamonds, Lana Del Rey, and Ellie Goulding. There you go. Producing and writing songs. Good on him. But also, but also. very exciting. You know yeah. what I'm about to say? I think yeah, so. Yeah, you do. At the start, the horns and the little harp melody, that is a sample from a track called Golden Girl, which is from the James Bond film Goldfinger. Goldfinger! <laughs> it just keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It keeps coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
a sample from yeah. the film. film. But from the iconic part where he walks in and he's like, ah, oh, this lady's been painted gold. <laughs> Who could have done this? Could it be the villain Just with a gold in his fire following him around? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point he like stops a bullet for Bond like in the middle of it and it's just like bah, 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 boom <laughs> ah my tuba player has been shot <laughs> who did just this? another day in the office <laughs> who could have done uh, this <laughs> I'm going to blame this on my wife I just yeah. <laughs> yeah I was trying to think of one like that yeah just, yeah, a, just a way sure Sean Connery is a bad dude yeah like all celebrities <laughs> yeah he is fun to to be as is. in mm. to mm. Um, imitate. To imitate, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> we'll, we'll find time to do more Sean Connery impressions yeah. <laughs> very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Number 86, this is the Black Eyed Susans with smoking Johnny Cash. at number 86 in the 1997 with a song called Smokin', not Smoking, Johnny Cash. And to borrow a line that you said earlier, Nathan, in relation to Beaver Loop, it's not that easy being Regurgitator. Turns out, not that easy to be Nick Cave either. No, absolutely. That's 100% my, the yeah. first thing yeah, I got yeah. It's like, this isn't, this isn't terrible in terms of composition or anything, but it is a derivative piece of Nick Cave slash Cruel C wannabe <laughs> Australiana Americana. Yeah. I would Perth. describe it as Nick Cave in the average scene. Yeah, with, <laughs> yeah, with like... that Tex Perkins, Steve Kilby, Crime in the City Solution. There's so yeah. many of those people. Yeah. But there's sound. just, there is not like the depth of like lyrics and like it, honestly the music's fine but like it just like it doesn't have the same gravitas that all of those artists have when they write music like this well because nick cave has the story always you know what i mean like you always know exactly what the song's about what's well, this song about i don't know I, I think this person's trying to tell a story it just doesn't speak to anything larger than well that's it like oh i've got a great line coming up at the chorus again and it's about yeah. me smoking johnny cash and how cool is that just just you wait guys till i get to this line it's gonna be amazing it's not the title of the song or anything <laughs> no, you've I'm never sure. heard it's this line like, anywhere so. it's funny because like, i've known about these guys like on the periphery for a long time i'm pretty sure i had like my some CDs in the house as a kid of Black Eyed huh. Susans. Um, Your house had some and, rare gems. Yeah, my parents have got great taste in music. They have a yeah. huge library of stuff. That's but they, cool. these were around, I'm pretty sure. And that may go some part of the way to explain why when I was listening to this, I'm like, I recognise this song. But mm. also, if I'd never yeah. heard it before, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognise this song. You listen, yeah. you listen to Nick Cave quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. So. But it's, it's fully just like that kind of thing. The, obviously, Nick's the zenith of that, the theme. But like even, but again, like... 
the way Steve Kilby writes, the way Tex Perkins writes, the way Crime in the City Solution wrote, like the reason that they were successful is because they channel Americana and Southern Gothic ideas mm. and use that as a vehicle to tell a story or to write a song, not yeah, not right. as not as the purpose, yeah, like, not as a like me, like ends to itself, exactly, yeah, right, like, it's right. Like, the Black Seasons have got the vehicle there and point at the vehicle and that's it. Look at that car. How good is that? And that's yeah. it. That's we're not going to take it anywhere. Yeah, we're it's not going to stay in this yeah. carport. Yeah, like so. Like this song is fine. Like it sounds fine. Yeah. and that's it. But it's just so obvious. Like when like you're reading about it, and it's like produced by a Victor Van Vogt. Vogt, I don't know. Um, and it says that he worked with uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Dave Grady and the Coral Snakes, and a few other people like that. And it's like, well, that's not fucking obvious as anything, is it? Like, yeah. of course, that's a, you work with. It's exactly that sound. Like. There are some moments of here to enjoy. I always quite like a rollicking drum beat. I always like it when bands do that, and I think they do it pretty okay here. But again, they've taken the aesthetic of those better bands and not done nothing with it. So yep. like, this is the this is the sound, and we're smoking Johnny Cash. What does that even mean? Is it rhyming slang for hash? That's what my mind went. Yeah, probably. Really? So this is just a is this a blaze blaze lord song? Yeah. The only interesting thing for me is uh, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, but. Uh, Guy who was in the band at the time and played with them for many, many years, Mr. Dan Luscombe, uh, oh. son of uh, Peter Lucky Luscombe, who uh, plays with Paul Kelly and in the Rockwiz band, and you know was one of the like <clears throat> most prolific like drummers, session drummers in Australian history. So Dan Luscombe, he uh, was playing with Paul Kelly for a little while, uh, and in 2008, uh, just before the release of their album Havilah, joined the Drones. Mm. And played with them for about eight years until, yeah, la- end of last year. Mm. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. So Interesting trivia. Interesting little bit of trivia. Back in 94, he was kicking around in Melbourne and playing with the Black Eyed Susans. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because when I hear this, I'd rather listen to the drones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, not Good to judge a band on, on one song, but I know which band is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think musically you're right. Like, the music is fine. I think there's something in the vocals. Like, I, he kind of comes across as someone who's channeling the aesthetic or playing dress up as opposed to someone who lives in that world. Like, when you hear Nick Cave, it's just kind of like, if I saw you on the street, it'd be a bit weird because clearly you live in the fucking Dust Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not here. You're not in Melbourne mm. like but this guy definitely lives in Perth but it definitely feels like he's putting it on it definitely feels like it's he's not the character in that he's the actor playing the character yeah and it's okay to put on like like and that's fine like, like Nick Cave puts it on Tom Waits puts it on it's a character in a song and that's fine but, but, they, but I believe, believe them yeah. Be, yeah, yeah you yeah. believe it like I again it'd be weird to see Tom Waits at a cinema oh that'd be sick <laughs> Tom Waits in a doctor's waiting room in a do- yeah <laughs> weird to see Tom Waits oh, like no. Sergio's <laughs> developing a real Bad cough. <laughs> Choosing a head of cauliflower. <laughs> Spending too long on that. No, I'm not putting on the gruff voice for you. Sorry, it's not. It's not my job right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to use this stethoscope on you. Would you mind taking your shirt off? I look good without a shirt off. <laughs> I could come up with those all day. <laughs> Be more fun than listening to this band. You don't know. I get no respect. <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue on our ever-continuing battle royale (laughs) of champion and champion of the Hottest 100. (laughs) 
my favourite this week was the Dandy Warhols with Not With You, Not Nut, that song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my least favourite, surprise, so fucking prize. It was The Loop with Nothing. And I'm happy to announce that both have taken the new respective titles as champion and champion of the hottest 100. David, same, 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 same. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah, quadruple same. Yeah. Hey! And? Um, You still like to funk? Oh, I definitely want to hashtag close the loop, so (laughs) you could, could, same on on that front. Oh, except. Is that that new carryover chump? Uh, oh yeah, in a in a big way. I'm just I'm just reconsidering now because would it be better to not be reminded of Beaver Loop in future weeks? No, I definitely want to remind people to close the loop. I think it's yeah. important to get across. That this happened, important. and we I'm worried. Happen. I'm worried that that's not closing the loop. We've adopted a cause. Yeah, that's Has- true. Hashtag close the loop. Okay. <laughs> we can't ignore the issue altogether. Yeah. you know it's important to talk about it in the right way. Yeah, we're really good global citizens this season. I agree. Excellent global citizens. <laughs> um, look, favorites is really. Really hard at this point because like I'm I'm currently holding I'm currently holding Defunk. That's a banger. Let's let's not worry about champion for a second. No, just favorite. Favorite for this. And that's pretty difficult because I've got I had a really good time with Dandy Warhols and I had a really good time with Sneaker Pimps. Mm. Um, but I also had a really good time with Pennywise. And I think just contextually, based on the fact that I've now found common ground between myself and my primary school bully. That's good. That's huge. You don't get to say that about really every song. Don't. This is true. Really. Um, so I think I might have to give it to that just uh, because I, as a local and global citizen, recognize the value of reconciliation through skate punk. Yeah. Selectively. Like, obviously, Viva Loop, if your favorite band is my favorite band, I'm no. choosing a new favorite band. Well, yeah, yeah good like, call. That, that's, that's why it's important in those situations to have the other conversation, <coughs> which is, you know, oh, you like Boob Loop. What else do you like? What else? Literally anything. anything. The Angry Beavers? Like, yeah, other beavers. What other beavers do you it's really, like? I feel bad for beavers, really. Like, this is, you know... <laughs> I feel bad for loops <laughs> and loops. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, carryover champ. Oh, I need to make a snap. Maybe I'll just hold on to defunct for now. Fair. I reckon. Fair enough. I'm just gonna. Yeah. On that note, we're gonna fuck off into this good night. But uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through Apple Podcasts, and uh, maybe tell a friend. And a big thanks to FBI Radio for having us. And special shout out for our brand new theme music for this season, originally composed by Sweet Potato. You can check him out at Sweet Potato on Facebook, also on Triple J Unearthed, and also on Spotify, where his fantastic EP, Welcome to Earth, resides. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, Mr. Adam Buncher. Outrageous. Ow! Still outrageous, you forgot, but I still am. (laughs) And Mr. Andrew McDonald. Still punctual. Hell yeah, baby! (laughs) immediate response. I appreciate that. (laughs) My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you.